This is Startup Renegades, a raw conversation with founders, entrepreneurs, and the unicorns among us who have taken their idea and turned it into a thriving, profitable brand. I'm your host, Shauna Armitage, and my work as a fractional marketing director has led me to connect with dozens and dozens of founders in all stages of their startup journeys. Whether they're bootstrapping or fundraising or have capital on hand, there's one big question founders always ask, how do I grow this thing? On Startup Renegades, we'll explore how they did it, and you'll walk away with actionable steps you can take on your own journey to scalable growth. Hey, Renegades, welcome back. Now, I had an absolute blast recording this episode with Marshall Conley, one of the founders of Slow Jeans. Now, he had a marketer's heart from the time that he was young. I loved hearing about that. After dropping out of university in 2017, Marshall started working with startups and small businesses, focused on growth and particularly in sales. After some success growing existing businesses by running them like a new startup, he took a leap of faith in 2021 to turn his observations and theories into solutions by joining the founding team at Mountain Co. Now, this was a game changer for Marshall. He and his co-founder, Christian Hansen, were getting so much feedback from Christian's TikTok videos. And it led them to branch off this original brand and start another one. The brand that Marshall and his co-founder started is called Slow Jeans, featuring the jeans with the greatest pockets in the history of the universe, possibly the multiverse, and started working on creating a pocket revolution. Now, they have had over 20 million views, 700,000 suggestions, 5.5 million likes, almost a million human beings have contributed bringing this project to life. It's an amazing story. And Marshall sums it up beautifully when he told me to be a startup renegade means to disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. So let's listen into this renegade and the launch story of Slow Jeans. Hey, Marshall, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing, Shauna? I'm good. Thank you so much for being here today. Let's dive right in. And I want to learn more about you. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I know. (laughs) You're really throwing it back there, Shauna. I am. (laughs) It's a good question. You know, at a really young age, I think I wanted to be a firefighter, but uh, I think that ultimately changed a little bit. As I got older, the president of the United States seemed like a little bit more of a pragmatic choice for me. I suffered from asthma as a kid. So mm-hmm. firefighting wasn't so much uh, in the cards for me. Yeah. So I, and I also later found out that maybe being the president of the United States wasn't as pragmatic of a, of a career no. path as I thought. See, I thought that sounded pretty attainable when you said it like that and shared about the <laughs> asthma. So what did you end up going to college for? What was kind of the beginning of your career trajectory? Yeah. So I got really interested in marketing at a young age. Really? Yeah, it's a, younger than you may think. I was actually part of a, <laughs> this is, you know, explaining this organization is sometimes funny to those who may not be familiar with it, but I was part of an organization in high school called DECA. So mm-hmm. I was a competitive marketer. Oh, <laughs> You may be the coolest person that I have ever met. There's competitive marketing. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I know all marketing is competitive marketing, right? Like, yeah. But I didn't know that they had turned it into like 
a sport for kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's uh, these organizations out there. Um, they're called the CTSOs, Career and Technical Student Organizations. Um, and what they focus on doing is providing students with uh, like a vocational education, more hands-on right. in like a specific area or field of study. I chose, you know, marketing. So there was a kind of a partner organization that called DECA that uh, hosted competitions. So you could pick a uh, category of business, whether that would be finance or, you know, fashion, apparel, quick serve, you know, all sorts of stuff focused really on hospitality, um, Mm -hmm. marketing, management, um, and finance. But you go to these events and uh, you get a prompt and uh, you provide a solution and kind of like a role play setting. And they, you know, give you, uh, you know, awards based off of how, uh, how, you know, pragmatic and effective of a marketing plan you could come up with. So that's where I got my start in marketing. (laughs) That's cool. Sorry. I didn't know that it was a competitive sport. I so would have done that when I was in high school. I know. I was so lucky. I picked the class kind of as a blow off class because I got to use it. It counted as a math credit for me. And I would much rather do, you know, some sort of business related math than like even better. (laughs) Yes. You know, I found I had an amazing advisor, you know, she quite literally inspired me to, you know, follow the career path I'm on. But I actually went to college for finance, you know, to answer your question. Mm -hmm. I went to school for finance. Uh, My brother worked in finance. So I thought that was a, you know, a good resource for what to do, when to do it, how to do it. So what did you do with it? (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Okay. Important part of the story here. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I took a business statistics class once. And so I didn't even get into the finance section of like my education. I took a business statistics class and I was like, this is ultimately too much math for me. And I haven't even started the finance coursework. So yeah, I took that as a sign and I just dropped right out. (laughs) All right. Well, I mean, when you've got a sign, you've got a sign. So how are you paying the bills? (laughs) Are you saying currently right now or after I dropped out of college? I mean, that is an interesting way to turn my question around on me. Let's start <laughs> with when you got out of college. This is kind of an interesting segue into maybe a personality piece for me. When I dropped out of college, the only reasonable next step for me seemed to move to Colorado. So I grabbed mm-hmm. my college roommate who had dropped out a semester before me. We packed up a car just a couple of days after Christmas and ended up moving to Colorado I found a guy, he on like Craigslist, I think he was renting out like his shed mm-hmm. behind his house. Very Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So we just packed up a car, you know, his old Toyota Camry and moved out to Colorado. I didn't have a job lined up or anything. I just figured, you know, I'd live in this shed for like a month and then hopefully <laughs> figure it out. And luckily that is what happened that I got my first sales job in Colorado selling like, you know, commercial and residential lighting. It was an interesting segue for my career. I'd worked in event marketing while I was in college, you know, did some concerts like Ellie Golding, the 1975, as well as uh, like Harlem Globetrotters, you know, kind of that kind of event. Mm-hmm. And then I got into sales, selling lights. It was definitely an interesting project, but, you know, definitely made me fall in love with sales. I am absolutely enthralled with your story. How did you get from all of this to launching your own startup? Pretty systematically. Entrepreneurship had always been something I was really interested in. While I was living in Colorado, the owner of the lighting shop, she started having some heart problems. 
And, you know, I started, <laughs> as morbid as it may sound, I started plotting. I'm like, you know what? I like selling lights. <laughs> she starts having bad health. You know, I would be more than happy to like take over the operations here and, and work towards buying the gallery one day okay. was my plan as like a 20 year old kid <laughs> was to work to purchase this lighting gallery. You had a plan. That's fair. So what happened next? Somewhat of a plan, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then I ended up kind of taking the same approach a few months later with a, a powder coating business. My uncle was looking to sell. So I moved to Georgia, started working as a powder coater in this uh, like warehouse, you know, doing like rims and handrails and various metal objects. And Did you uh, have the first business at this point? Did you no, take over the no, business? No, no. So I never, ne- never ended up doing anything with or going forward with the lighting gallery at all. She ended up doing really well after a surgery and wasn't looking like retiring anytime soon. So okay. I was on to the next one. <laughs> now you're on to the powder coating business. Yep. So I get to the powder coating business and ultimately find out Atlanta, Georgia is just not where I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So I made my way back to Michigan where I picked up another sales job. For a restaurant, actually, okay. and really continue to like hone in on those sales skills that I wanted to build. And then from there, I ended up at a, a food tech startup called Chow Now. And when I got into Chow Now, I finally broke into like the startup scene in the way that I'd always wanted to. You know, longtime admirer of the Silicon Valley startups and okay. uh, working for a California startup. Finally, I was I was really excited. But you know, you get inside an organization like that, and someone like me, I pride myself on being a little bit of a problem solver. Mm-hmm. So I get into an organization like that and, you know, they had gone through some massive growth through the pandemic. Uh, this was, you know, mid 2020, later, actually later to late 2020, they had gone, seen some massive growth during the pandemic, you know, food, you know, online ordering for restaurants, you know, blew up and they were experiencing some serious growing pains while I was there. And I kept solving these problems that they were experiencing, you know, in my head and nothing was really making its way through leadership. So I ended up finding Christian Hansen, you know, my partner here uh-huh. uh, at Slow on LinkedIn. And I reached out to him and I said, you know, hey, these are the things that I want to do. Here's what I'm good at. You know, what are you working on this year? And there was some crossover. So I was like, man, let's just join forces and, you know, see what we can make happen. Yeah. Like a couple months later, Slow was born. Okay. So walk me through Slow. You said you you had messaged Christian and you had shared like, what are you doing? This is what I want to do. Let's join forces. What is it that you wanted to do? Like, what was this big problem that you were yeah, going to so, solve? So Christian had been working on a uh, like a sustainable fashion startup called Mountain Co. for about a year. Mm-hmm. And I had found he had like an internship listing and for like a social media marketing job. And as I mentioned before, you know, I'd been working in sales for a few years I wanted to get back into marketing and I was really just having a tough time getting into the marketing departments of any uh, startup I was interviewing with. Okay. If the interview went well, they wanted to put me in a sales department. If it didn't go well, you know, I obviously didn't get anything, but I came across this sustainable fashion startup Christian was you know, working on and I wanted to work on a social media. I thought it'd be a good place for me to get some social, more marketing experience that mm-hmm. a startup may see as valuable. I messaged him. He was like, you know, we're really not in the place to make any hires right now. So, you know, reach out to me in a few months and we'll see where we're at. And I was like, hey, listen, like I'm very motivated. Like I would be willing to work for free for a while. Mm-hmm. And every founder loves to hear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I didn't hear back from him despite, <laughs> despite okay, that that's fact. Weird. 
<laughs> I didn't hear back from him. So uh, about eight months later go by, I sent him another message. I didn't hear anything back. And I'm like, what is this guy's deal? Like I'm offering my free free labor here. I'm not hearing back from him. So I eventually left my job at Chow and Al. And this was uh, like a year prior. I'd reached out to him for about a year and a half before that conversation of here's what I'm working on. What are you working oh, wow. on? And uh, about a year and a half after I initially reached out to him, I messaged him, you know, said, I want to do clothing. This was when the metaverse was really a popular subject. So I was like, I think there's a, you know, huge, huge market in the, you know, NFT wearables market. And I think there's, you have an interesting marketing play with some of the initiatives I see on your website. And uh, he was like, you know, I'd like to explore, you know, metaverse web three, see how that could help us launch this brand. So we ended up joining up, working on the mountain project for about a month and a half. And and then we had this idea for like a, a meta tech company. And uh, I won't go into too much detail of that because it just never really got past the ideation phase. But mm-hmm. we're like, you know, this is going to be an expensive build. We're going to need some money. What's a way we could do some fundraising, you know, really quickly without like selling equity or anything. Mm-hmm. And Christian thought back to, uh, he's a pretty popular guy in TikTok. He had about 35,000 followers at the time, I believe. And he had had a TikTok that went viral about a year earlier where he had accidentally purchased women's jeans <laughs> from a thrift store and he puts these jeans on and he's like, Oh, you know, they fit great, feel nice. You know, they're from a pretty reputable brand. The next day he's walking to the uh, Metro station here in Montreal and he went to go put, a, put his phone in his pocket and the pockets weren't deep enough to hold the phone. This is shocking to no woman anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So he recalled back to that TikTok that did relatively well. And he was like, why don't we just sell women's jeans with pockets? You know, we'll sell a thousand of them for like a hundred dollars a piece. You know, we can use that money to hire an engineer to help us build this Meditech project. And uh, yeah, so he goes on TikTok and says, hey, I'm going to make women's jeans with pockets. Absolutely and the world goes bonkers. Nuts. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely crazy. I mean, like 4 million views later, you know, we decided to retire the Meditech idea and we're like, you know what? I think there might be a market in jeans with pockets. Hey, it's Shauna here. I want to take a quick break from this amazing episode to send a free resource your way. Starting up is hard. Whether you're bootstrapping or you've got some funding behind you, you don't always know exactly where to start. I want to fix that. You head to startuprenegades.com right now. You can claim your free business benchmark blueprint. That's a mouthful. It's going to help you set a plan in place so you can create your foundation for growth. And it's free, so why not? Head to startuprenegades.com right now and grab yours. Oh my gosh, what an amazing startup story and like launch story. Talk about an easy way to find your product market fit. So walk me through what happened after that, because I always love to talk about the marketing, right? So you have a lot of customers, you have this TikTok that went viral, but there's still a lot to do to build a strong, viable business. So how did you go about getting your first paying customers? Yeah. So we had a really interesting dilemma. Just right off the start, you know, we threw up a landing page for email capture. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we got to get a way to, we have to start building. We had just course. threw our idea into the, you know, social media void, hoping it was heard by someone. Millions of people heard it. So now we need to do something with these people. Mm. And that created a really interesting problem. We figured we you know, bridge that problem with an email list. So we said, you know, Went back to TikTok and we're like, you know, go over to our website, 
sign up for our wait list and we'll notify you as soon as these genes are ready. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long it was. Not that long, like maybe a week, week and a half. And we had 50,000 email signups. So we have now a wait list of 50,000 people, no product and nothing. Like you mentioned, it was an interesting way to find your market fit. It's also just like the absolute reverse of, you know, your typical company builds. We have all of our customers and we don't have a product yet. Not a picture of a product, nothing, just an idea. We had to figure out a way to, again, raise money. So we found WeFunder. Uh, WeFunder is an equity crowdfunding platform for startups. Uh, You Uh can invest in a startup for less than $100. We figured this would be a good place to start for uh, research and development. So we raised about $300,000 on WeFunder and began connecting with you know technical designers and talking about our ideas. Something we should either mention or talk about later, we don't have to dive into right now, is the feedback loop. I think this yeah. is something that we really mastered is the feedback loop. We started with jeans with pockets, but then we asked TikTok, what do your perfect pair of jeans look like? What are the problems that you have with jeans? What's your experience? And in addition to pockets, you know, we heard everything from, you know, the thighs blow out really easily, this gapping in the back, belt loops tear, you know, just the sizing system doesn't make sense to anyone. So we have all this information that all these people, you know, like we're talking like 70,000 people have given us feedback on what they hate about jeans, what they love about jeans. And now we just needed to take all this information and create a product with it. So we started reaching out to technical designers started sketching, and then ultimately landed on a prototype. And then from there, we had to find someone to manufacture it, (laughs) right? which is kind of an interesting problem. We didn't really foresee it being so difficult to find a manufacturer. And it ultimately wasn't difficult, but we have a very non-traditional pattern for our jeans because we added Mm -hmm. four gussets, two in the thigh and two on each hip. So a lot of the machinery that uh, denim manufacturers rely on, this is a, a largely a hand stitch process. You know, these gussets uh-huh. where it splits, you have to. So, so we spent a couple months trying to find the perfect manufacturer. And we found one in Italy. So we started sampling with them, got a couple physical prototypes in our hands, um, you know, started showing those on social media. And you know, again, that feedback loop, people told us exactly what they liked and didn't like about them. They told us what colors to make them in. You know, they told us really everything. Our community really built the product at the end of the day. Um, we just amazing. converted it to a technical drawing. By this time, our email list was uh, about 100,000 people. Uh, we launched in September, September 10th. Yeah, I guess that gets us to our first customer. So tell me about the launch. Yeah, it was incredibly successful. We did run into couple issues. We're a made-to-order denim company. So we build jeans based off of people's measurements to the best of our abilities. We're not tailored, we're not bespoke, but we have a size set that is significantly larger than like your standard fashion set. So we did run into some issues with uh, tech. We were using smartphone cameras to collect 80 measurements from people. And then Mm -hmm. we're taking these measurements and assigning them to one of our, our slow sizes. So we did get a little throttled on launch day that the server capacity we got. I don't know if you're familiar with the term, the Reddit kiss of death. No. The Reddit kiss of death is a more or less a tech phenomenon where you know you launch an app and then it gets posted on the front page of Reddit. Millions of people come over from the front page of Reddit and they just crash the site. 
Right. Okay. When you lose faith in the product that uh, the company is offering. We had a variation, like some, a similar experience with our sizing software. We metered out our launch announcement to you know, groups of a few thousand people at a time, just to slowly let people in, just to see if there was any issues. And before we even got to launch, you know, we had like tens of thousands of people on the website and just absolutely crashed. So we were throttled a little bit, but I think ultimately, I think it was probably you know somewhere between the fifth and third largest denim launch in history. So wow. really strong start. That's amazing. So the launch was not too long ago. What is kind of the status? What's going on with the company today? Yeah, so we're getting ready to ship right now. So it is uh, November eighth. We are a little behind schedule. Uh, we ran into some issues, you know, supply chain issues. You know, it's the uh, a common tune these days. Uh, the manufacturing industry just hasn't fully recovered from the pandemic quite yet. And there's just- Yeah. And I love that you share all of that because that's real, right? Like I think so so many times we just, we see all of, man, I don't even know if I would say like glitz and glamour of the startup industry, but Mm -hmm. we see just the one side where everything's working so smoothly, but it doesn't often look like that in practice. And there's a lot a lot more moving pieces and things that go wrong that we were not having conversations about. And I think it's really important to be real about that, especially with other founders as well. Oh, 100%. 100%. We pride ourselves on being just extremely transparent about you know, just the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. We do run into a lot of it. We're a non-gendered clothing company. We do run into some issues that, you know, just <laughs> there's there's no hiding, you know, some of these things. You just have to be transparent and honest with people. Supply chain was one of the ones that hit us kind of hard this year. It seems like there's no blueprint either <laughs> for, for what you're doing, yeah. right? Like just because you have an audience and a product, you're still figuring a lot of these things out as you go. It's amazing. I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to be here and chat with me. I loved hearing all about the company. I have to ask you my big question. You thought the first question was hard. This is going to be a tough one. <laughs> okay. What does being a startup renegade mean to you? What does being a startup renegade mean to me? Yeah, I warned you. Hmm, that is a good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for us, the core inspiration of our mission, we're a very mission-oriented startup. Mm-hmm. The core motivating factor for us, I guess it was two-prong. One, there's really not a lot of equity in the fashion industry. Okay women's clothes are just typically made at a significantly lower quality than like men's clothes. The functionality is really not there with a lot of women's clothes. And then the other segment of the market, those who don't identify one way or the other, you know, they don't identify as a male and they don't identify as a female, regardless okay. of what they do, they are not served. They're not served, period. There is no, you don't go into a Macy's and see like the men's department, the women's department, and the non-binary, non-gender conforming department. That doesn't exist. <laughs> right. The other thing that was a huge motivating factor for us to get started in this, to start this, to start this project was just the massive pollution, water waste, and the discarding of garments or all this, uh, the carbon produced by the fashion industry, the waste produced by the fashion industry. I mean, it's, they're really hitting civilization really hard. So if I was to say, what does a startup renegade mean to me? It is to disrupt, disrupt, disrupt 
understand that just because there's a system that's been in place for a hundred years doesn't mean that you can't come in and shake things up. Mm-hmm. And at our core, I believe that is what we're doing. You know, we're taking on, we're challenging this fashion industry that hasn't been changed or altered or challenged in any way for hundreds of years, at least a hundred. I think there was a big fashion revolution in the early 20th century, but really since then, it's been what it's been and no one has challenged or pushed them in any way. So for us, it really just means get in there, disrupt that industry and make as big of an impact as you can and hope that you make some waves. We've said multiple times, you know, we don't look at sustainable fashion companies as competition. We look at them as community and we pride ourselves on not being not fast fashion. We are slow, not fast fashion. If these massive fast fashion companies come in, adopt our model, steal our ideas, become sustainable, slow down a little bit and put us out of business. Our mission is achieved. You know, obviously we want to stay in business and stay competitive. And I don't so see it's that. a different approach to the startup life <laughs> for sure. But at the end of the day, you know, the mission is the mission and that's what we're trying to achieve. I love it. It's it's very easily summed up, right? Like disrupt, disrupt, disrupt. I mm-hmm. love it. Marshall, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. You can find Slow Jeans online at slow, S-L-O, jeans.co. You can also find us at fakepocketssuck.com. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I love that. It's so true. Thanks for being here today, Marshall. (laughs) Absolutely. It was an honor. That was this week's episode of Startup Renegades. Thank you so much for joining me and soaking up all that brilliant entrepreneurial knowledge from today's guest. If you want to suggest a founder for a future episode or just want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. And just a little reminder, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference and it's so important for helping the show thrive. I'll be here same time next Tuesday for a raw, honest conversation with another startup renegade.